0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson.
1: This one is
0: gone! On Tigers Radio, 971, the ticket.
2: 248 539 97 is the phone number. Hello, uh, Pat. Hey, you know, it's good to see you, Dan. I know uh, every time we do this show, there's a mandate uh, that it has to snow. <laughs>
1: Isn't so cool. We have not had much snow this winter. No, we haven't. But on, on Tuesdays. Uh, on Tuesdays, it snows. <laughs> My wife, Lori, has to drive up to Michigan State on Tuesdays, right. especially. And there's always something going on. Always. <laughs> I've taken that drive many times.
2: Um, yeah, but I'd um, hey, love to hear from you. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, you're, you're, Lori, your wife, her and I were, were students at Michigan That's State. Right. We took
1: journalism classes. Back in together. the day
2: and she was a much better journalist than I was, <laughs> and a better student by, by far but anyway uh, that's why she's a,
1: a professor she now she's a professor and has been for well closing in on 20 years now almost yes at michigan state yeah so uh, a lot of good kids that there I was up there today uh, just helping her teach her classes and uh, just looking at the broadcast side of things and uh, just really good, really good students up
2: there. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, Michigan State, which uh, a degree actually, they actually gave me one after <laughs> a while, um, you know, despite my, uh, you know, my uh, faults. But, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're lucky to have her.
1: So well, but, thank uh, you. I, um, I think the same way. You know,
2: two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Uh, you can use uh, ticket text, that's at 97136. Look, uh, J.D. Martinez signed a two-year uh, contract extension. They, that's a, The good news is the Tigers avoided arbitration. I don't know if it's bad news, but if you couple that with the option uh, by Upton uh, to get out of his contract after a couple years, it looks to me like, Dan, that players of that, like J.D. Martinez entering his prime at 28, mm-hmm. Upton who's entering his prime at 28, their representatives have looked at the Tigers and said, "Yeah, we'll be with you for a couple of years." But uh, they look at the window of opportunity as perhaps being somewhat limited by not signing one of these, or at least
1: keeping uh, their options open. My now, thought was, "Do you think Pat, this is uh, this is the first time I can remember the Tigers doing a two-year deal to get the last two years of arbitration?" Very Sometimes, surprised about. Yes, it. and we saw Toronto do it with Josh Donaldson, a little bigger contract, understandably so. But I I thought that was interesting because usually they would start the, this is when they would give the big five or six year contract, buy out those last two years of arbitration, first four years of free agency. So I thought that was interesting. Do you think that there is still that possibility within this two year span and more likely in the first year than the second year of a longer extension? Or do you think this is this two years is by design by J.D. Martinez agent?
2: I think it, well, I don't know. It's I don't have any insider information. But I think your point about well, just something is a good one. I just want to say that this is just me just looking yeah. at it, maybe an educated guess. I would say That's why uh, a calculated uh, uh, move by their representatives, and also I think it's a smart move by them uh, because uh, JD Martinez gets the security of next year, and it's a good chunk, uh, reportedly over eleven right. million dollars. If he Roll the dice, you know, he might get more. But it does give him security. He's set for life He's now. set for life. But on the other hand, it does leave a, the possibility that he can still have in his prime, when he's 30 years old, in that area, and the prime for, according to scouts, is between 26 and 33, depending on who you talk to, the prime of the prime, mm-hmm. 28 to 30. He, coming off those two prime of the prime years, uh, that he'll have the freedom to move, make a decision about Detroit and uh, the Tigers and their organization and where things are going with that. If he's so, a
1: four five home run guy at age 30, he can go on the market and get that six- to seven-year deal.
2: The only thing I was surprised a little bit is that the Tigers were willing to do it, you know, because it's a good deal for Martinez. Mm-hmm. But in a way, it is discounted for the first year. So, Because if he goes out and hits 38 bombs again, you know, gets his OPS way up there. Um, they talk about him having more hard hits, 42%, than any other player in baseball next year. then he's going to be able to get whatever in the open market more. And also, I think it does give everybody some time to evaluate. J.D. Martinez played pretty well for the Tigers in 2014 as well, but not like 2015. And he was good in right field. Yeah, he, he worked hard at it. And, and I, he was good. Was that year what he is now and become as a player as he's moved into his prime? Or was it an aberration? So, uh, but what do you think about the contract? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Love to hear from you on that. Coming up at seven thirty five. I'm, I'm just dropping this one in on Dan right now. <laughs>
1: Get ready. I won't. Pat always hits me with something. I'm
2: hitting with something <laughs> like out of the blue. Now Dan's <laughs> going to start scrambling. Uh, what will Justin Verlander's numbers be? I and,
1: like that. I, you know, I think it's, and we're going to do this. I think over the next three weeks, we've got three shows left before I head south. Uh, it is fun. It's a useful exercise for people to start thinking about projecting players right. because this is how you figure out can this team, for instance, get to ninety wins? Whether it's the Tigers, or whether you're looking at Cleveland, or whether you're looking at the Minnesota Twins, can they get to ninety wins? Well, to do that, you have to have certain players perform at a certain level. I use WAR. You can use whatever system you want, but war that's is a as simple. It's a simple way of doing it. Because but I'm going I'm I'm to keep it in of, this way. All right, projecting players is a very useful exercise. It because is. Justin Verlander is a key, along with Cabrera, Victor, and I think Sanchez is right at the top of my list for key guys.
2: We'll go some old school. All what right. will his wins and losses be? Okay. What will his ERA
1: be? All right.
2: Uh, what will his...
1: Uh, Give me strikeouts per nine.
2: Strikeouts per nine and um, whip.
1: Hits, and hits, then he's pitched.
2: What will they be? In uh, 2016 for Justin Verlander, I, and also just to throw a little bonus in on you, I got a national publication. And it's not Baseball Perspectives, which does those. I might be their projection. I don't know. It's just a one of the preseason magazines I got. Mm-hmm. They projected Justin Verlander and what his record is going to be this year. And we'll tell you what they said about him two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. What do you think? Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Like Micah. You're on Tiger Talking ninety seven won the ticket. Hey Micah. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. good. Uh, just
3: kind of uh kind of in, in uh caveat to uh what you guys
2: Hey Micah, Micah, TV? Micah, you gotta turn down your radio, man. You know you uh, got turn it down. Okay, there, there you, you go. It's killing <laughs> you. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right, no problem. What did you got to say?
3: So, uh, with JD Martinez and Upton, I think both of them are, it's a shrewd move for them to take a two-year deal. Um, you know, they're, they're gonna be 30, they can go get paid again and have that security on the back end of their career. Yep. Um, you know, being in the American League, both of them are candidates at the tail half of their career to go be DHs. And, uh, you know, if they, if they can go have two great seasons, they can, they can potentially opt out. Uh, in Upton's case, if he, if he doesn't have two great seasons, he can, you know, stick it out and write out the, the duration of his contract. But I, I think it's a smart move for both them as players, and I, I think it's orchestrated by their agents and a good thing. I think it has less to do with, you know, the future of the Tigers and more to do with, you know, their individual career goals as far as financially where they want to be.
2: Uh, yes, um, I agree with you about that. And, you know, it, it is something that I think uh, kind of dictates to uh, what modern players look at. I don't think modern players necessarily look for one place. I think they look for the best contract
1: that they can get.
2: I don't think they're. And if you can it, get on the
1: market at thirty, which is when typically the best free agents hit the market, right around thirty. That's when
2: you're in your prime. Of your prime. You should be coming off your best season then. That's when you can. Get,
1: that's when you can get the biggest payday possible.
2: Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Hey, you're listening to Tiger Talk, Pacaputo, and the radio play by play voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. It's ninety seven. Won the ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio, ninety-seven-one. The ticket.
1: The three-two. Swing a line drive over the glove of a leaping Santana. That's going to get up the gap in left center field all the way to the wall. Fielded by Hicks. Goes around second, heading to third, and there will be no throw. Anthony goes to the line drive about a foot. Over the glove of the shortstop Santana, and it reaches the wall between two speedy outfielders.
2: Double D with a great call there. 24853997-97 is the phone number. It's Tiger Talk on ninety seven won the ticket. It's the middle of winter. Um, I often hear this. Um, hey, you know, you guys don't talk enough about baseball. Hey, how many emails did you get? I got tons of them. Hey, when's Tiger Talk starting? Everything? Well, you know, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'd love to talk to you, 248 539 You know, all the different things that are going on in the offseason. Everybody talks about what a great baseball time this is. Well, let's talk about it. We'd love to hear from you at 248 539 is the phone number. We threw a number of things out there. Preseason magazines, they're not as giddy. on Verlander's comeback, even Cabrera, they got him having an okay year where he has like 105 RBIs, 35 home runs the projections aren't that big for him um the situation with zimmerman they're kind of lukewarm about him figures he's going to have an era in the high 3s and you know be about a 500 pitcher with not such a great whip uh, they're not as giddy about the tigers as we are here in this town evidently because man at tiger fest people were going crazy so how do you feel about a 2485399797 and also uh you look at these five players Castellanos, norris ghost McCann, and uh, who's the one that I'm missing? Uh, Iglesias. Mm -hmm. Those five guys. All 26 or younger. Yeah, they're younger players. prime. Yes. So who's going to be the stars of those guys? Who's going to be the top guy? And this is what I think. I think it'll be Norris. I think Cassiano's going to have some good seasons offensively, but he's very defensively challenged. So I think that's going to hold him back from being a genuine uh, Josh Donaldson type of guy. Given the
1: upside, if he can hold down third base however good he is defensively exactly give me give me his upside for home runs uh, i would say
2: i would say he could hit 30 bombs and i think he can drive in a hundred runs i agree runs.
1: i think i think he this year i mean he's going to he approached 20 last year and then right. he faded the power faded in september but he he's to me a 20 to 25 home run guy i don't see him going 30 uh
2: 300 uh no. 100 or having an ops uh, no he's got to be more disciplined or something like that i don't see that in one season. I see bits and pieces of that happening. Um, some power years, some average years. And
1: reminding ourselves that yeah. he's not yet 24 years old.
2: Right. I like him as a hitter. I like the fact he hits the ball to the right side on fastballs, and he pulls breaking balls. He's always done that. I think it's a solid approach. I think he's a solid hitter. But I think his glove sometimes is going to pull him out of games late because his glove is somewhat limited. I mean, he is limited. I don't think you can make yourself a star fielder either. You know, by just hard work. I think he works his ass off. That's not easy. Right, and he get
1: to average. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. And he gets close to average. That's
2: true. He uh, was improved last
1: year, but from a very low level. Um, but Daniel Norris, get back to him. because truly, Would you say Pat,
2: Cassianos or Norris?
1: Of this five, I would You're say Norris. you got
2: to pick one. Oh, I'll take Norris, too.
1: I would agree with you because I think uh, we, we saw, you know, it was funny because he didn't really know what Toronto wanted him to be in terms of what kind of pitcher they wanted him. He had mixed signals from Toronto when he got sent to the minor leagues last year. We didn't really see that electric mid-90s fastball right after the trade, even though he pitched well in some starts. Then he had the oblique. When he came back, or really it was the start where he had the oblique in Chicago, and then when he came back, we saw that mid-90s stuff, and it was really good. And he's a terrific athlete, as we saw with that home run in Chicago. I mean, this guy excites you because he's got four pitches, and a mid 90s fastball and dedication to the game, and a very mature. I think he's young, athletic. Young lefty. man who's not yet 23. Uh, this is a, as bright a pitching prospect as we've seen uh, in quite a while, I would say.
2: I'd like the fact that he, I think he, the, one of those magazines said he didn't throw a good changeup. Out of it. I, I don't agree with that. I've seen a good changeup. I see an athletic lefty uh, who's got a pretty good arm, and last year he was just missing. Uh, and the umpires weren't missing the calls. They were, they were outside yeah. the box, but um, he was just missing. I think those pitches are going to be strikes as he improves his mechanics, and I see that happening. So I'll say Norris. I'll say two Castellanos. I'll say three McCann. McCann's a good player already, but I don't see his upside as necessarily being that much above where he's uh, been right now, and he's older. He's 26 years old. Then I'll say four. I'll go with Ghosts. And then five, I'll have Iglesias, the one guy who's actually been to the All-Star game. How crazy am I? I'm not as high on Jose Iglesias as a lot of Tiger fans are.
1: Yeah, I would have uh, I would have McCann at two, Castellanos three. Talk about upside right. for this group. Upside, yes. Goes, I uh, still have high hopes for, it, but until he shows it, probably at four. And I agree, I put Iglesias at X. <laughs> because I just, I, I'm not quite sure about Jose Iglesias, for I think some of the reasons you do. We saw some immaturity last year. We saw the little blow up with McCann um and that was an outgrowth of I think the guys were tired of him in terms of some of his effort at ground balls last year. He's made some plays I've never seen shortstops make. The upside right. is clearly there
2: Why is it his defense so this metric, year to me good.
1: right. They're because not. of exactly what I think the Tigers got frustrated with. Just he, wasn't, he wasn't diving for balls. He wasn't going after some balls like they thought he should. Plus, That's he why this is base. a very big year for Jose Iglesias. A talent off the charts. He, is he going to fulfill it? What, what, what do you know. think of him
2: as a hitter? Because I, I see a guy with a big swing and not much pop. And I see a guy who's fast but doesn't do much good base running.
1: The he graded out base running. well below average on the base paths, And that should not be with his speed. And he was healthy last year. And he was running well. But he did not run well on the base pass, and. To me, for a young a young guy with speed, that's that's inexcusable. And it's gonna be an interesting year. I mean, this this young man's got a ton of talent. Will we see it? I don't know.
2: Yeah, we saw it the first half of last year, too. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Mike, you're on Tiger Talk at ninety seven one the ticket. What's up, Mike? Hey
3: guys, how you doing? Good. good Mike, how are you? I'm good. Uh my uh upside would be Norris, McCann, Cassianos. I give a slight edge over Iglesias. I'm not sold on Iglesias, and I'm not too sure about ghosts. Um, but my call is about uh, Martinez Vicker. Um, Mr. Mr. Dixon, have you heard anything? How's he doing? Is he rehabbing well,
1: well? Yeah, I mean, he's, put it this way, there's a big smile on his face at Tiger, Tiger Fest because he knows he's healthy. He was not really healthy last year. He couldn't drive off that back. Left leg because of the left knee surgery that he had right before the season. I mean it's you will worry because it's happened twice in the last 3 or 4 years uh but right now everything's a go that knee should be strong and I can't wait to see what he does. Because How about Cabrera? And Cabrera looked as good as we've ever seen him and I'm you know we've heard stories before where hey he's, he's lost weight look at him in the spring and really uh he hadn't lost to me I mean to the you just kind of like well he looks kind of the same to me. This year he's lost weight and I think it's because he's worked very hard but there were pictures uh at the Kickoff dinner on Friday night after, right before Tiger Fest, of him with a lot of players from, uh, what is it, uh, FC Barcelona? Yeah. Uh, including the uh, soccer Lionel team, Messi. And, and he including Lionel Messi, in the parking lot. And he, I mean, he's in a t shirt and, and pants, and he looks, I mean, very, the waist looks like he's lost 25 pounds easy. And I know he's worked very hard at it. So to me, that tells me this guy's in great shape. And I can't wait to see what he does because to me, he could be back to that 330, 35, 120 guy.
2: Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Tyson, you're on Tiger Talk at ninety seven one. The ticket. What's up?
3: Oh, uh, not much. How about you guys? Hey, good, good. Um, so I was just wondering, where does where do you guys think Daniel Norris will fit into the rotation? I think he might be like a potentially a two three guy. But what do you guys think,
1: think for upside? I would say definitely as high as two.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Start the year, he's going to be their fifth starter probably. Um, Just kind of the way uh, he's coming off uh, a health issue. Uh, He's younger. Um, I I saw a thing on um, uh, MLB Network in which they went over bounce-back players from last year, and they had Pelfrey as one of them. They were all talking about how great Pelfrey was, and the Tigers think that because they're paying him $9 million a year. So I think at the start of the season you'll see him be fifth, but I agree with Dan. Dan and I are on the same page on this one. I, I think Norris has a really good upside.
1: That don't mean there's no guarantees there. He'll be growing pains. He's 23. Right. This is his 23-year-old season. I mean, they're going to be growing pains. I Man, we good. saw some really – I mean, he had back-to-back starts when he was coming off the DL in September where he retired, what, 26 out of 27 batters. Wow. Remember, he was limited in his innings. But it was uh, – got to feel for what this guy might bring I, here's to the bigger, rotation. Here's
2: a bigger question I'll tell his uh, I think he's going to be the fifth starter to start the year. As a matter of fact, I would almost bet the house on it. but. By the end of the year, where, where is he going to be? Will he be there? You know, will he? I think he might be uh, considered their uh, number three, maybe even number two, if uh, Verlander and Zimmerman aren't at the top of their game. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I, I just have a feeling.
1: Yeah, I think he's good. And if he does that at twenty three, wow! Right, think, think of what's ahead.
2: But that's about the age where top pitchers who kind of have his mo right start to show what they have. He's experienced now. He's been through the minor league thing. He's. Uh, been through some ups and downs, he's pitched in the major leagues, so he has an idea of what he has to do to be successful in the major leagues. Um, Dan, are we going to see umpires uh, no longer <laughs> behind home play? We'll <laughs> talk about that next. We'd love to hear from you tonight. James McCann will join us at seven forty-five. Number those five guys who's got the uh, of the top upside of the Tigers' young guns. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Here's the phone number. You're listening to Tiger Talk, 97.1 The Ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Tickerson on Tiger's Radio, 97.1 The Ticket.
1: There's a swing and a pop-up. Channel left center goes charging in hard, and he will not make the catch as Iglesias bails him out with another incredible over-the-head catch. He's a magician. Back to home plate. He just sticks out his glove. How do you possibly find that ball?
2: Jose McGlacius a magician. Yeah, that's a good point. Some of those plays that he makes are pretty fancy.
1: That's not an over-the-shoulder. Over-the-head doesn't sound right to me, though, even though I said it. (laughs) But truly, over-the-shoulder, you're looking over his shoulder. I mean, this is a back-to-home plate, and somehow... He's just leaning back and finding that ball and swipes up with the glove and the ball's – I mean, it's really amazing. Well, some of the things
2: he makes are they are absolutely <laughs> amazing. But, you know, here's the thing. He's a magician that way, but there's also times when he's a magician because he kind of disappears. <laughs> so what musician is actually going to be the long-term magician with Jose Iglesias? I mean, That's he was good. an all-star the first half of the good. second half. before Before he got hurt, he just kind of disappeared. So – you know, and or you know, here's the thing: you want a solid shortstop. You don't want necessarily somebody. You who want to cut that guy themselves. making
1: the everyday play too. You know? Yeah. But so, Omar Vizquel is uh, he's working on him, and I, I think that's that's an important relationship. And uh, hopefully, he's listening to a guy who one of the best shortstops ever defensively. Yes, my opinion.
2: You a know, Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um,
2: and uh, also, uh, we talked about the best five of those. James McCann will join us at 7:45. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh it's a great time of the year to talk baseball because it's just any time of the year. Uh we love baseball here, especially a tiger talk here A ninety seven won the ticket. Nick, what's going on, buddy? Hi. Oh hi. Hi Nick. Uh yeah, enjoying the show and uh <laughs> uh definitely looking forward to spring training et cetera. But uh I my uh thing I was thinking about was uh with Annabelle Sanchez. Have you uh you Either of you uh, heard if his uh, shoulder, you know, uh, I guess the, uh, what's that called? That might have torn a little, a little bit, and that's why he was losing a little of the velocity. Yeah,
3: labrum?
1: It, was, it, wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a tear, labrum. though. I think he just, they just shut him down with a sore shoulder. Oh, okay, good. Well, well I guess there so can always be micro tears, but uh, it wasn't a uh-huh. torn labrum, the kind that, you know, requires surgery. So it was just okay. rehab, and by all accounts, he's, he's good to go, and I think he's the key piece In the Tigers' rotation this year, because if he's good, suddenly that rotation looks a whole lot deeper. and He doesn't have to be the ERA leader. He just has to be getting back to that guy that we saw even the year after he won the ERA title. But he has to make more starts. He has to make more starts. He's made 46 starts the last two years. Uh, Gotcha. You know, last year was
2: weird. Uh, It was a weird year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that he's always, except for that one year, that was kind of not uh, really indicative of his entire body of work the year he won the ERA. But he's always been a guy that didn't really give up a lot of home runs. And now, last year, that was the weird part. How many home yeah. runs he gave up? Because he's got a lot of sink on his fastball. That's kind of what his MO is. It's hard to lift the ball on him. And last year, they were lifting the ball on him. And again, I'm reading these an- analysis, referring to him as a fly ball pitcher now, Dan. So, yeah. uh, you know, you I think the key is, is he going to yeah. get that bite on that fastball? Not so much as velocity. You know, is he going to have that bite on it? I don't know how to describe it, but it's a kind of a sinking action that throws a heavy ball. Last year, it seemed like a lighter ball, and they were lifting
1: it. Yeah, there were more balls hit in the air and way more going out. It was unbelievable. He was bound to give up more home runs because when you give up only four, which he did the year before, even though it was 126 innings, uh, that number was going to go up. And it did, but there's no way. As Jeff Jones said, it's one of the most puzzling seasons he's seen. Uh, he had the groin issue early in the year, but when he was healthy, and actually the stuff was very good some games, he said it was like every mistake was hit out of the ballpark. Right. Jeff Jones said he'd never seen anything quite like it, and then the shoulders shut him down in September. But Anibal Sanchez still has good stuff, and there's no reason he can't get back to being a very good pitcher for the Tigers.
2: Here's the thing about him. If you look at his track record, he's always been a three. And I think right. people got that uh... – And somewhat inconsistent, kind of up and down, but equaling a three, a
1: good solid three or four.
2: 340
1: ERA, 350 ERA. The National League. Two and a half walks, eight strikeouts per nine. That's about where he's going to be.
2: And, uh, you know, the thing about him uh, last year, and the other thing I've never been able to explain about him, he's indicative of the modern major league starter. Six innings. It's unbelievable how much different his splits go when you get past the fifth inning. I mean, unbelievable. The year before, it was incredible, uh, talking about 2014. And it just seemed the second and third time they see him around the order.
1: Third time especially.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just, well, the third time. Not second time, but the third time.
1: Right. It's like they're
2: sitting on something. And it doesn't look like, you know, you know, Jim, you know, uh, Gibby, Rod Allen, these other guys that, you know, play Major League Baseball, he could address it a lot better. But there doesn't seem to be something – that's so easy to sit on. right? You know, some pitchers. Hey, yeah, we got you. Days where he'd be him. dominating. Yeah,
1: and you think, of course, he should be on the mound here in the eighth inning, and it would unravel. Or the seventh inning. A couple of years ago, it was the seventh inning that was his big problem. Yeah, but you're right; it's it it is a problem, and it's kind of inexplicable, given that the stuff still looks sharp deep into games.
2: Uh, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. What do you think now on the umpire thing? Uh, you know, I, I do. We do a lot of shows on a lot of different things. Uh, Dan Dennis, Fifty, and I—we work together a lot. And uh, a lot of shows I've done about the driverless cars. And to me, this is baseball's version of the driverless cars. Except I don't ever see the day when there's going to be driverless cars, uh, because I, I think there's just nobody can ever really answer the real questions I have about it. But with this, I think you're going to see it. The technology in baseball has improved to leaps and bounds. It's no longer numbers. It's actually more technology than numbers these days when you talk about analytics departments and all those different things. And one of the things is we have definitive strike zones now because of the camera technology that they have that presents. It's accurate. You don't need the damn umpire anymore. Now, the umpires are doing a real good job. Most of the time, the ball outside the box is called a ball. One that's in there is called a strike. But there are times when they miss them. Well, why do we even have to have the umpire behind home plate anymore? Why don't we change that and go with the technology instead of the umpire? Is that a ridiculous notion or something you believe in? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven.
1: I go back and forth on this. It does seem almost inevitable because of what you talked about. They're tracking pitches to within what millimeters, right, of accuracy. <laughs> they got the, got the That's exact. I still would like to know trajectory. the three dimensional aspect of that, but they they have, they have it down. I know that. So I keep thinking we're probably going to have someday in the not-too-distant future, I don't know if that's five years or ten years, where the umpire will still be behind home plate, but he'll be looking at a green light or a red light or something, ball strike, and go up with the right hand or not, based on what the computer just told him to do. But you have to have an umpire at home plate for the plays at the plate obviously. Yeah, there, which so.
2: you pointed out to me.
1: <laughs>
2: but, well, I was and thinking he'd be then, sitting up in the press box or something. Have, you know, have, and then enjoying I go, ice cream with me and Avila,
1: <laughs> Avila. And then I, and then I think... I just can't picture, for as much as players might complain, I, I still think they like having that guy behind home plate calling balls and strikes.
2: What's Mickey going to do? Because Mickey always gives him the look. <laughs> we were talked about him at Tiger Fest. He talked about that.
1: Here's one thing to remember, and this, this puts me in the camp of inevitably, I think this, this will happen. More pitches in the strike zone are called balls than pitches out of the strike zone are called strikes. And it's about 2-1, to which is surprising. Every time I read that, I have to double-check it to make sure that I'm correct on that. So the best umpires are at the 88-89% level of correctly calling balls in the strike zone strikes. And I think that's mostly due to the high strike. They just don't give the high strike because basically players and managers will not let them. (laughs) And they learn that coming up from the minor leagues. And that's why the low strike has become the place where the strike zone has grown in recent years. Umpires, I think, do an amazing job. Think about it, Pat. They were told when Pitch FX came in, basically, hey, you've got to stop calling these pitches six, eight inches off the plate strikes. And they did. And you've got to get to the hollow they of the knee at the bottom. still
2: miss some. Yeah. Al, you're on ninety-seven-one, The Ticket Tiger Talk. What's up, Al? Hey, uh,
3: thanks for taking my call, Pat. Great show, as always. And uh, I'd just like to agree with you on that technology. I mean, You know, I respectfully disagree that they do an amazing job. It's just that some of them have been in the game for so long. I mean, country Joe West, 36 years.
2: I knew Joe West. Angel Hernandez is another one, too. Angel
3: Hernandez. You go onto that site, baseballsavant.com, and you'll see a pie chart there, and almost 50% of the challenge calls were overturned. And and what does that tell you? They've got the closest seat in the house, these guys, and they can't get it right.
2: You know, and it's harder to get to the major leagues as an umpire than it is as a player. Coming up next, we'll talk to Tigers catcher James McCann. Tiger Talk, 97-1 the ticket.
0: Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio. 97-1 the ticket. Fly ball to center
1: field. Really deep. Schaefer's going back, back some more out of the warning track. He's going to reach out, it's going to kick off the wall and hug the wall all the way into right center field. In the score comes Costigato. Looking to wave McCann around third. Throw from the outfield is up the line. Inside the park home run. James McCann. First career home run. He has to circle the bases, beat the throw. 7 7 tie in the sixth.
2: That was James McCann, the Tigers catcher inside the park home run. Great call by Dan Dickerson. And joining us now here on Tiger Talk at ninety-seven one, the ticket is Tigers catcher James McCann. How are you doing, James? I'm doing well. How are you all doing today?
1: Good. Good. Thanks for joining us, James. I would
2: imagine that was uh, quite the, the highlight for you last year, that uh, inside the park home run. Most people don't expect the catcher to do that.
3: I would have bet quite a bit of money that my first career home run would have not been inside the park.
2: Or.
1: You had some memorable home runs last year, James. Uh, you had a couple of walk-offs. You had the inside of the parker. Kind of as you got done with the season, and you look back at, at what you'd accomplished, going from making the team to being the number 1 guy to handling quite the workload. How'd you look at your season?
3: Uh, you know, yeah, on a personal level, it, it there, there were a lot of uh, memorable moments, a lot of uh, you know, goals reached, but um I'm always I've always been such a team guy. Um that that you know I want to be part of a winning organization I want to win I want to go to the playoffs I want to win a world series uh so at the end of the season it was you know back to the drawing boards time to time to find a way to to get even better and um you know give give the tigers a, the best chance possible to to get to the world series and win a title
2: uh, how do you uh as a younger catcher uh deal with uh veteran pitchers you've got some great ones here in Verlander uh, now Zimmerman's coming in, uh, Sanchez's been in the major leagues a long time, pretty much across the board now, Pelfrey. Uh, you're a younger catcher dealing with veteran pitchers. How do you uh, impose your advice uh, <laughs> as a younger catcher to veteran pitchers?
3: Well, to be honest with you, it, it sometimes makes my job a little bit easier. Um, you know, a guy like Verlander knows exactly what he wants to do. Um, you know, we sit down and, and develop a game plan the, the day that he's throwing and, um, you know, I, I just try and get on the same page as, as him. Um, you know, they they've been around the league and they've had success and they know exactly what they want to do. And, and it's my job to, to find a way to get on their page and you know give give some advice here and there. And uh, over time, I, I've developed a relationship, a working relationship, where we can discuss you know what I'm seeing versus what they're seeing and and develop uh, an ongoing game plan throughout throughout the game.
1: How did your experience from last year, James, how do you think that helps going into this year from the guy who's hoping to make the team to the guy who's now the number one guy uh, going into 2016? There is a new pitching coach in Rich Doobie, but just kind of describe how you feel and some of the things now you can do as the number one guy going into 2016 and the start of spring training just a few weeks away.
3: Well, there's definitely a comfort level. um, and, And by comfort, I mean, you know i know i know the returning arms um i've developed that relationship with with Verlander and Sanchez and Norris and and Boyd and all these other arms that were that were thrown for us last year so now it's just a uh, i got to get used to the new guys got to learn their their uh, arsenal and and their strengths and their weaknesses um but at the same time uh the the person i am and the way that i've i've gone about my career is that i've i've got to prove it each and every day um, so even though I may be listed as the number one on a depth chart, uh, you know, I work and I, I go out to, to prove that I deserved it to, to be, you know, the starting guy and, um, and, you know, it's a business. So you don't perform, you don't play. And, and, uh, it's my job to go out and, and perform and, um, you know, develop into, into a leader that the, the catcher needs to be on the field.
2: Talking to James McCann, uh, Tigers catcher, uh, hit our outstanding rookie year last year. um, James, uh, Alex Avila was a Tigers catcher for many years before you came in. Um, he's gone. Now you got got uh, Saltamachia. But, you know, looking at uh, certain things, what would you say, you know, you have to improve so that you're the guy? Um, you know, 120, 130 games, they put you behind the plate like the Royals do with uh, Perez and the, you know, the Giants do with uh, Posey, before, at least before he got hurt, uh, to become one of those guys that, you're in there every day.
3: You know, the, the, the biggest thing for me is I've I've got to continue to uh to learn how to how to manage staff at, at a big league level. Um, you know, continue to, to gain trust from Osmus from and um you know, now the new pitching coach in town. Uh so that's a big a big thing is is becoming that game manager and, and, and not being looked at and viewed as a, a rookie who's trying to learn the league as much as a, a veteran who's been around a few times and, and and, and can handle himself. Um, and, and to be honest with you, you know, a, a guy like Alex Avila, he, he helped me quite a bit, uh, to understand that. And a guy like him, you know, even though he, it was, it was probably his second or third year when, when people started referring to him more as a veteran than, than as a young player. And, uh, that's, that's the biggest thing is finding a way to, you know, my second or third year to not be viewed as a young guy still trying to find his way as much as a guy that, has put in the time, uh, you know, doing scouting reports, watching video, that I can learn the league and be able to manage a game and and have that kind of trust, um, you know, from from the, the the coaching staff.
2: You know, it's interesting. There, you talked all about defensive and managing and pitching staff, and not about hitting. Obviously, it's it's the key for you, and what they want you is receiver first, hitter second, right?
3: Absolutely, and that and that goes for. I mean, that's just the, the, the way the position is, um, and that's kind of the way that I've I've always viewed it, is that any type of offense is icing is on the cake. Um, I, I can control the way that I play defense on, on a daily basis. I can control how well I prepare for a game. I can control uh, how I receive, how I block, how I throw. You can't control how you hit. The best hitter in, in the game is going to fail seven out of ten times, and, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, that that just doesn't happen on the defensive side. If you fail seven out of ten times as a catcher, <laughs> you're probably not going to be in the big leagues too long.
1: Um,
3: so offense will come, but defense is, is where I pride my game, and defense is where I, I put, you know, most of my focus.
1: I know, uh, you know, we've learned so much, James, about the, the value of a good receiver, how well a catcher catches the ball. As Alex Avila likes to say, presents the ball to the umpire. I know that he began to work with you more and more as the season went on. I had a nice conversation with him in Kansas City in September about the work he was doing with you. Can you just describe for fans the kinds of things that he helped you learn about how to become a better receiver so that you get more strikes for your pitchers?
3: Right. Well, the first and foremost is um, you know different things that that, that you only learn uh, you know through experience. Um, so just, just little tricks that you can do in the way you present a, a ball or little tricks that you can do, uh, you know, before the pitch to, to, you know, maybe change the the eye level of the umpire, whether you're you're setting up on a corner a little bit more or a little bit off the plate. Um, and, and that's things that, that he learned over time that, you know, he, he told me time and time again, that he didn't know the stuff that he was talking about when, you know, his first couple of years in the big leagues and it was veteran guys that, that talked to him and, you know him getting that experience. That he he was able to, to to figure out how to do some of that stuff, um, but yeah, it was just a it's just a process. Um, you know, the umpires are are, are different in, in the big leagues. Um, they see different things that that you've never had before. You yeah. know, whether it was in a college or, or minor. So, um, you know, someone that's you know a, a guy that's been umpiring for for many years. You, know, you you got you know you can't keep tricking tricking him over and over. <laughs> He's going to figure something out, and uh, that's kind of kind of what what he he was talking about with me was was different different ways to to steal a call here and there.
2: Uh, James, one of the things we were talking about is the um, pitch FX technology, uh, you know, the three dimensional cameras and the strike zone. Uh, do you envision a day? Heck, you're 26 years old. You play in the major leagues, and the umpire is not the one who's making the home play call. Or do you think it'll always be this way? Uh,
3: you know, I I don't know. Um, I I don't know where where most guys stand on it. It's a it's a topic that every time it comes up, it's kind of like you know people don't want to admit that that we're as close to that as, as we possibly could be. Um, you know, in all reality, I, I'm sure that they have the technology in, in in today's world to do that. But at the same time, you know the the games part human error has been part of the game for how many years and, and how does that change the history of the game? So, you know, I, I'm kind of an old school guy. Um, you know, as much as I'd love to have a perfect strike zone every time and perfect safe and out calls every time, you know, human error has, has been part of the game and sometimes you come out on, on the good side and sometimes you come out on the bad side and, you know, that's just the beauty of the game.
2: James, uh, we enjoyed talking to you. Good luck, uh, in the coming season. And, uh, uh, we'll see how it all goes.
3: all right, thank you very much. I appreciate you all having me
2: on.
1: James right. thanks a lot. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.
3: all right, take care
2: that's uh James McCann, the tigers catcher. Uh, you know what uh be interested to see what happens. I think there's two things there. Um, one you mentioned the pitch framing and all that uh, still very important before we get the uh the computer umpires and uh <laughs> the other factor is uh hitting uh right-handed right handed pitching uh three hundred Uh, separation, Uh, both the minor leagues in 2014 and the major leagues last year, his OPS, against right-handers and left-handers, it's a pretty big uh, differential. He hits lefties a lot better.
1: Yeah, he was over 700 in the minor leagues the last two years he was there. It wasn't as good as lefties, you're right. But at least, I mean, he has shown that he can hit righties at at the level you need him to be at if he's going to torch lefties.
2: Well, he, he torches lefties. Right. I mean, the separation is 300 points. Right. That's amazing. So, we'll see. And it might be a fairly small sample size, especially with lefties. But I'm sure the kid grew up hitting against right-handed pitching all the time. But it is an amazing thing. So, I think that will determine whether he catches 120 games, in addition to improving uh, defensively. But anyway, Dan, enjoyed it.
1: Always Uh, a quick hour. Always enjoy it, Pat.
2: Coming up next, one broadcasting legend to another. (laughs) From Dan Dickerson to Kenny From Double D to double K. That's coming up next inside Hockey Town here on 97-1, The Ticket.